You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 335, for the week of Wednesday, the 7th of November, 2018. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... Scott. Eddie. And Adam. This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate, Mike's Comics and Stuff, and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our toys of the week are the NECA Evil Dead 2 Ultimate 2-Pack, the SH Figure Arts Goku Black, and our discussion topic is a toy breakdown of the Funko Uncle Scrooge, Darkwing Duck, and Chippendale. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mr. Adam. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> How are you? Mate? Happy you, birthday uh, to you. Indeed. You. How was your day yesterday? It was actually pretty good. Um, I got stuff done at work, which was a nice start. Uh, I had a nice relaxing run, and I got some decent presents, which was good. Oh, and I got pizza for dinner. Yay, pizza. <laughs> Yay. I like the sound of uh, all of that, except for the relaxing run. I think that's a bit of a, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah well, it, it, it also takes me, to a, mm. yeah, takes me to within 250 kilometres of being finished with running for the year, so I'm happy with that. Right, right. Okay. I, I, mm, okay. what, there's a limit? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, well, I, I, I think I'm, I'm running for the next month. Then it's pretty much straight. If we, <laughs> yeah, I, I finished like the Sunday before Christmas, I think. So then uh-huh. I get like a week off. <laughs> if I feel like just, it. Just, um, where does this rule come from? I just set myself a goal of getting to 1,500 kilometers, and I'm nearly there. Hmm. Excellent. Oh, okay, interesting. Mm. Excellent. Oh. I set my goal of 150 metres and I'm yet to start. Damn it. You've uh, got plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What about you, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Scotty? What have you been up to? Uh, so, as I mentioned, I might have think I mentioned on our last show, my eldest is doing her year 12 exams at the moment. Yes, And so yes. I've been on a bit of a travel ban um, for work travel while that's been happening. Uh, but I, she had her kind of last two for the week today. So I um, came up to Sydney this morning for work, and it is so humid here. Mm. And I'm not built for humidity. <laughs> <laughs> I, humidity and I are not friends. Yeah, I used to have to solidarity. go. Solidarity. Uh, I used to have to go to Darwin a bit in my last job and every time I was there I was just like I can't believe that people live here on purpose mm. like what uh, um, yeah it's just so it's crazy humid and I've just been gross bleh, sweaty all day so now I'm gross sweaty podcasting in our apartment um, excellent yeah although Melbourne amazing. hasn't been much better of recent so it hasn't been humid like this well, we've had a couple of nasty days but yeah hopefully we've seen the end of them yeah, yeah. it's pretty ordinary everywhere, I think. So. But otherwise, good, all happening. Um, we did a – I had a product launch on Friday, which had been working true for a year, and it went super well. And Sweet. people have Yeah, people have already given us money. That's very exciting. <laughs> um, so we can make more of it. So that's – um, good. Yeah, that's a good thing. Mm. It's a good thing. And it's it's actually something that 
makes things better, and that's a good thing too. Excellent. Good on you. Yeah. Good on you. What about you, Edward? You've been keeping uh, keeping the authorities in the Wild West uh, busy. Yeah, I have when I uh, get a chance. So I've um, actually been really crazy at work, which is why I haven't been um, around on a couple of recent uh, episodes. I have started sort of a new contract position, which is basically me doing the work that I was already doing, <laughs> but I actually get um, a bit of the, the status and money for it, which is nice, but... Uh, Oh, that nice. does mean a little bit extra uh, time in my week that I'm adapting and getting used to. But yeah, any free time I have, I think, like most uh, of the world, if you own a console, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption and absolutely loving it. It is... Uh, yeah. Uh, even to little things like I love that period of 19th century history. And one of the things that I am fascinated in and have done a little bit of looking into is an old entertainment piece known as a magic lantern that was basically a animated slideshow where you would swap out slides that uh, were almost mm. identical but little things were changing so it would look like animation uh back in the day and they've actually got this magic lantern in there you can go to magic lantern shows and uh things like this so i just uh i'm really amazed at the the detail, I, I can just spend most of the game just walking around pretending I'm in the 19th century simulation than actually playing the game. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I haven't started playing it yet because I only got it um, yesterday. Is it set in like 1890s? Uh, 1899 is the year. Yeah, okay, that makes sense based on the first game. Yeah. Well. That's such a big difference. I'm glad that we differentiated that. It's a huge yes, difference. absolutely. Yeah, huge, huge difference. difference. We've gone to bed concerned. Horseless yep. carriages were on the merge. Sky changed. Mm, truth. Well, yep. Yep. Um, I I plan to start playing never. <laughs> um, so I'll well, if you, you lived it, you don't have to play it. Do you? No, that's exactly right. Like you know, why would you want to? play a video game of you know your childhood it's just like um it seems seems uh, pointless yeah. Yeah. pointless exactly i do i, don't wanna, you I know, do actually remember some bad memories there man having an <laughs> awkward memory of playing i think it was like one of the early versions of call of duty uh at like a family gathering uh at our place and it's uh, i I, I'd sort of gotten bored and gone into the game room to play uh, sort of World War Two soldiers running up Normandy Beach, and my grandfather came in to see what I was doing, who actually fought in World War Two, and <laughs> he was just a bit like, "Oh, so that this is, you know, this is it. Uh, it's, like history's become a video game. Like I, yeah, and that, that being a bit like, oh, this is actually." Yeah, so I, I turned it off and then went through. But yeah, it is, is weird how like weird points in history then become. Uh... Yeah. Oh, oh, I want to mention something else as well. Sorry, because in the banter on our last show, we were talking about oh. the upcoming Melbourne Cup, um, mm. like horse race, and how I didn't like it because you know it's a cruel industry. And so I just wanted to note that yep, uh, a horse died. Um, you know, 600 meters in broke down and had to be put down. 
Um, so I hope all the people that went enjoyed an animal dying for their entertainment. Well, uh, I, I did. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> very glad I didn't Sorry. now. <laughs> what did you say, Adam? I wonder if they gambled responsibly and if like a horse dying counts as gambling irresponsibly. <laughs> yeah. If a, if if something dies, is that responsible gambling? <laughs> or is yes. it chasing your losses? Oh, so confused. Yeah. So has anybody uh, picked anything up this week? What, what about you, uh, uh, Adam? What, did you score anything toy related for your birthday? No, I got uh, two video games and that was it. Cool, cool. That's close. That's on the fringes. Yeah, it's close for me. Hmm. Excellent. What was the uh, Red Dead was one, and what was the other? And the other one was a Spider-Man game. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. I'm probably going to be busy playing those for a couple of months. Yeah. (laughs) There's certainly plenty to do in Red Dead, that's for sure. Yeah. I have heard good things about that Spider-Man game. Yeah. Um, It sounds like it's pretty good, according to a couple of people I've got at work that talk to me about these things. I also will be playing that zero times. Same here. Gosh. Yeah, I'm an Xbox boy too, so it's <laughs> the closest I've come to getting a PlayStation 4, though, is that Spider-Man game. I just hope it can live up to Ultimate Spider-Man. Which one's the black one? What? Console? Yeah. They both uh, come in a variety yeah. of colours? They do. Yeah. Oh, they do. Okay. So, sorry to... Uh, yeah. Shoot, I've, got a, I've got a black one. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's actually red, so... Okay. We mainly use it to play Blu-rays. Yep. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. What about you, Eddie? Did you pick up any toy-related loot since last you were on? I've picked up a few things. So being um, uh, Halloween time, I generally pick up a few horror figures, which uh, I've picked up a few more uh, Evil Dead stuff, which one I will be reviewing tonight, as well as I actually finally got around to watching the new It movie. Uh, because I'm a massive wuss, so I watched it during the daytime with the <laughs> curtains open and uh, the subtitles on. Sounds so if like I figured me. there was a yeah. jump scare coming, I could turn the volume down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was a really good movie. So I, I also ended up picking up the both uh, NECA IT uh, figures from the new film, as well as the original miniseries that I uh, really enjoyed uh, as well. As well as one uh, that I think I'm sent to Scotty, uh, where I have also been listening to the oral history of Star Trek, thanks to one of our sponsors, Audible, and it's got me sort of looking at Star Trek figures again on eBay, and I managed to score one of the Art Asylum uh, Captain Kirk figures for $1.25. So... (laughs) score yeah i was uh wow. happy with that as well as uh i did also pick up the the new mcfarlane uh captain kirk figure to uh check out and he's interesting but i'll save my thoughts on him for a potential review cool, cool. Hmm. what about you mr scotty anything in your travels uh, i don't think so i had one of those uh like we just had a long weekend kind of long kind of long weekend and uh, it was kind of one of those, like, super busy, um, no time to stop and smell the roses. Um, 
Oh, there's fireworks at the moment because I'm right on Darling Harbour. I, I thought that was a very odd sound. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was yeah. trying to put something to it, and I thought I'll, I'll, maybe I was the only one that heard that. <laughs> I, I was uh, thinking yeah. it was whatever was related to your beeping finally exploded. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm my, I'm staying in this hotel that's overlooking Darling Harbour, which is where the Opera House and everything is for people that. Um, know it or are jealous right now you should be and do fireworks um, just randomly happen there or yeah so sorry well you know that it's like for the tourists right like the i have no idea but they do a lot of fireworks here really so there's no particular event it's just that's just fire off some fireworks oh my lord there's a lot oh wow i can see them from my oh they're so pretty everyone so just bear with us while um uh, I do great radio by describing say, fireworks. Hundred thousand <laughs> yes. dollars worth of fireworks makes for great, you know, yeah. great podcast. Yeah. Can we get a warning, like for people, so that their pets don't run away? We, <laughs> we do. <laughs> Is that? Uh, well, look, I can't guarantee that it's over, but I can say that they were very pretty. Excellent, excellent. There we are. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> so, look, I, you know, come on. Um, I, I think this is uh, maybe a first. Like, I know we've had lots of other things on the show before. Yeah, thunderstorms and... Thunderstorms. Yeah, hail, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah very impressive. Lots of animal and children interruptions. So certainly, you know, like uh, natural events. But have we ever been interrupted by fireworks before? No, no I can't say we have. Uh, yeah, hmm. just I was thinking about when I was editing the the show that we just put up is that back in the day, whenever anything like that happened, we would stop and start again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> why, why was that? Oh, yeah, we were professionals. Yeah. Something, something standard, something, something <laughs> slipping. <laughs> but no, I think it's actually, like, you know, more fun now that we can, um, you know, just kind of roll with all of it instead of being like, oh, sorry, I made a mistake. I'll just count in again. Uh, having a now, laugh. Yeah, now it just has to be like a gigantic train wreck of silence. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I had some good scores this week. Thanks for asking. Oh, uh, wait, I was just about to ask you before the fireworks happened. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. They were so good, there were fireworks. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That was the the lead-in. So, but, uh, yes, I I got my Mythic Legions 2.0, Advent of Decay figures uh the kickstarter ones so scotty and i went in on the first one and the one thing about this kickstarter stuff is when you you get really excited about it because you see all the reveals and as the um the pledges get higher and they they do higher and higher you know more and more sort of bonuses and reveals and that sort of thing um it's all very exciting until you realize the figures are 18 months away and it just seems like forever (laughs) but um today there they were and uh I, i was laughing because um somebody sent me something from sydney i uh, i won a um sh figure arts sakura street fighter 2 sakura figure during the week and i at i think it was lunchtime i contacted the guy and gave him my address and it was in my post box the next morning when i checked it so it was half a day to get from sydney to canberra and i was laughing because to get something from where scotty lives to where i live takes about a week uh, and it often goes through through my my city continues on its way up to sydney then turns around and then comes back um it's very bizarre but my um, my mythic legions came by fedex and were four days 
from my initial sort of notification wow. and yeah it, was, it actually kept saying it was meant to be here on friday and today's uh, wednesday so yeah for it was bizarre like within 24 hours it had gone from new jersey to somewhere in texas to honolulu hawaii in 24 hours <laughs> so so there you go so it turns out the castaway it's was a, a crap uh, shoot, isn't yeah it? it's all yeah just a uh, you know, well, big roll of the postal dice. That Kirk figure <laughs> that I got for a dollar twenty-five, uh, he ended up. I got him on like the Thursday and got the postage notice on Friday, and he was there on Monday morning, which I wasn't expecting, considering we had a public holiday on the Tuesday. I figured everyone would be posting and it would be jammed here uh, in my state, but yeah, it's, it seems like it's a good. Good. I guess they're hiring all the people for the holiday rush in, so there's yeah. all training, all yeah. that going on. So maybe that's a secret. Maybe November's a good time to post things. That's right. That's right. Yes. All right. Well, we do have plenty of loot, and uh, we've got a bunch of it to talk about on this episode. So we're probably going to take a break, and we might come back and even talk about a few things. If you like listening to podcasts, then there's a good chance you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor, Audible, is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is X heroes by author Peter Kleins. X heroes is the first book in a series about a group of superheroes trying to survive and protect what's left of humanity in the wake of a zombie apocalypse. It's a genre-bending story that has something for fans of comic books, superhero films, and the whole zombie phenomenon. To get your copy of X heroes for free and start your 30-day trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Now, each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail, and these might be new releases, or we might talk about a favourite or bizarre item from our collection, and I think this one borders on the bizarre, but uh, it's a movie that uh, many of us here adore, and uh, Eddie, take it away. Yeah, so I... I probably close to this time last year actually reviewed the NECA Ultimate Ash uh, Farewell to Arms uh, figure which is basically uh, how Ash looks at the beginning of the Evil Dead 2 film and sort of the the first half uh, of the movie up until the spoilers for an old film that he cuts off his hand and I gave that figure a very glowing review, but <laughs> one of uh, my biggest, not so much flaws, but want uh, going forward was an ultimate uh, hero, Ash, which we have finally gotten and I'm going to be reviewing tonight. Uh, but it came as a bit of a surprise in the way that it came out, not a regular single ultimate uh, figure release or even a two-pack with, say, Henrietta, which is a deadite that they already had uh, sculpted and could do the ultimate treatment on. Uh, But it actually came with a whole new figure here of Evil Eddie. Uh, So I was uh, very excited to get my hands uh, on this pack, as uh, you often are when there's a figure you're hoping will get released, and it finally gets released. 
And uh, it's safe to say I was not really disappointed. I am a huge fan of the NECA Ultimate line. I'm not a completionist uh, in it because it depends on how I feel about the film properties. But generally, if I do like a film property, I am going to pick up one of their Ultimate figures. Uh, So it comes in the Ultimate style packaging of the box with the little window flap, which is uh, fantastic. Uh, Which, side note, I actually saw on Twitter someone complaining on the NECA uh, Twitter page that uh, collectors uh, buy figures to keep in package and displayed, and he hates the Ultimate Boxes because they have the movie uh, poster on the front, so you can't actually see uh, the figure. Uh, even though these have these wonderful sort of flaps with the Velcro, so you can actually open it up and see the figures <coughs> on the inside. But I would still argue most uh, collectors either buy things to keep in box to keep in box, or you buy them uh, to take out of the box and display uh, the figures. And actually, a lot of people seem tend to display uh, their ultimate figures with the box behind it so that they can have the movie poster uh, behind it, I tend to notice. So, uh, I I think most huh. people seem to like these ultimate boxes, except for that that one person posting. Uh, but uh, I definitely dig it myself. There's some cool design work on the back that looks like uh, the Book of the Dead uh, actually opened up, and you've got some artwork as well as some little panels that have pictures of uh, the figures in action, and you've also got one of those things that we tend to really like here which is a credits so we have director randy fork sculpt by adrian smith and jason farley fabrication by brad haskins and anthony minicino paint by joe wardle and jeffrey trapp prototypes by true cast studios packaging by chris ramio photography by stephen mazarek and set design by Stefan Falcons. Uh, so always love uh, when they put the names of the creators on the packaging. Poster design is that sort of... Sorry, can I ask a question? Yeah. The, um, set design, is that about what we get in the pack or is it about photography and stuff? I'm not sure if it's like what was actually chosen to be in the pack or how it's displayed Mm. in the pack or if it's Mm. on the artwork on the back where you have images of the toys uh, they are inside the Evil Dead cabin so there is a little toy set going on uh, in the images whether it was possibly that uh, that was made but yeah you'd probably have to speak to Randy uh, to to get the definition of that uh, uh, set Meaning, um, speaking of sets, so the actual sets of figures are great. So, Ash is actually the hero Ash figure that got released around, I believe it was around 2011, uh, NECA was doing some Evil Dead 2 uh, figures. So, it is pretty much that same sculpt but there is added articulation, particularly in the legs. Uh, it is Uh, so there has been some changes happening to the sculpt, but heading up the body uh, from there, it's the exact same head sculpt, the exact same 
uh, arm sculpts and pieces like this, but NECA do such a wonderful job with their sculpting that it does um, still hold up to this day, and there is new, more detailed paint going in on top of these figures, uh, which also helps bring out the wonderful sculpting that was already going on. Now, it does mean that if you're, say, placing this hero, Ash, next to your Ash vs. the Evil Dead figures, uh, you are going to notice a massive difference in the sculpt work, whereas the Ash vs. the Evil Dead is sort of leaning more into that uh, photorealistic uh, style design. If you think of, say, the newer uh, Star Wars Black or Marvel MCU uh, figures where it is getting much more accurate uh, whereas this one is a slightly more stylized uh, head sculpt uh, just because of the older uh, sculpt work going on there uh, Evil Eddie though is a 100% brand new figure and he even includes something that's been starting to pop up in uh, the oh they named a toy after you yeah they did uh, Eddie's they got Eddie. your personality right too yep <laughs> it's got a lot more hair than me though unfortunately <laughs> uh, but uh, he has the double articulated uh, elbows which is a uh, new thing that's just started popping up I, th I believe with the uh, predator figures around the uh, ultimate predator 2 I think was the first to have uh, these sort of double joints going on but uh, if you notice that that's a good sign that they're a new sculpt for uh, their ultimate uh, figures uh, but it's great to have a deadite uh, to use in displays and uh, showing off as he's going to be uh, fighting uh, Ash there you, you want to have some baddies there for him to chop up and as a horror property you want something that's going to be a little bit on the horror uh, design uh, and the sculpt work on him is fantastic. You do get uh, the very uh, ugly, deformed face. Uh, one of the things that I do actually like is uh, to jump a little bit ahead to accessories. He comes with two heads. And the heads uh, do actually look a bit different to one another. Because one of them is a head that comes in half. For the bit where in the film Ash chops him up with an axe and slices the top of his head off and obviously being a low budget horror film they didn't actually chop a uh, man's head off and they didn't have oh, CGI geez. so it was a kind of model head uh, that the axe went through and what this head sculpt is kind of based off is slightly more the model head uh, so it does look like it's wearing a different type of hair wig uh, on top of it and the head shape uh, is a bit thicker uh, as if it's uh, been moulded on a cast of an actor's head, so it's kind of going off more uh, the outer um, paper mache uh, kind of design, so it is a little bit more thicker uh, than the regular head <laughs> would actually be. Uh, so I do kind of like that touch that they've brought in, sort of the more indie filmmaking <laughs> pieces uh, into the sculpt work and head design because it would have been very easy for them just to take the regular head and cut that in half uh, in two. Uh, I am a little bit disappointed in the uh, sculpt where he's got an articulated jaw 
And it does give him a bit more of this jowl look than he sort of had in the film. And he's got it on both heads. And I kind of like the idea of getting that piece of articulation in there. But I sort of wish that one of them uh, had just more of a regular sculpt than uh, having this sort of larger jowl joint uh, there in the middle. But that is a bit of a nitpick. Uh, in terms of uh, the paint used on the figures, it's necker quality, uh, so it is really uh, good. You've got lots of paint applications, an incredible amount of washes, especially on Ash, where they paid great attention to detail of giving him uh, markings of where his shirt is just wet from puddles he's been laying in or extra blood stains. Uh, that he has on him or little parts of the shirt that manage to remain dry. He's got a couple of different brown washes on his pants to give it that really sort of worn look and including on his boots and his gun holster. So some really fantastic work and different styles too where you've got some dry brushing, you've got sort of the wet look on the blood so it actually has that kind of corn syrup look the indie horror film blood uh, would have uh, really love that but unfortunately it is also NECA paintwork so there while there's some really great applications and choices uh, you do have some flaws too such as the back of Eddie's shirt uh, where it sort of crinkles up uh, some paint apps have been uh, missed or haven't been applied uh, properly so I've got some white streaks there on one of my ash heads uh, he's got some flesh coloring that sort of bleeds across into his hair so his hair has that sort of flesh look uh, where it sort of flicks out under the ear which is a, a bit of a shame and uh, my sort of ash grimace head uh, it's not too horrible but his eye pupils <laughs> aren't sorry uh, <laughs> When you say Ash Grimace said, I think McDonald's Grimace, and I think that would be amazing. <laughs> really, <laughs> They should make a try of that, for sure. There, there's a custom project for someone. Yes! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> his, uh, his pupils aren't 100% lined up, so just... Sorry, I'm so disruptive. Yep. Goodness me. Just, uh, you threw me off my... Threw me off. Uh, um, Did I mess with podcasting juju? I apologize. Yeah, you good? You done? (laughs) Sorry, I'm I'm sorry. Good, you good? I'll be quiet now. Okay. Just remember when Eddie gets even with you and interrupts your toy discussion, he'll be messing with you. Uh, Hello, at least he can talk back. Not like when you guys could, when I could, you couldn't (laughs) hear me, but I could hear you before. Oh, you do. You do go on. (laughs) (laughs) Over to you, Eddie. Are we good? Are we good? We good? Okay. Okay. Uh, So in terms of articulation, uh, as I uh, mentioned before during Sculpt, it is your standard Necker Ultimate articulation where you've got sort of that diaper piece that runs over um, the hip joints, mainly just kind of single joints there. You've got a little bit of warble uh, in the waist. Uh, Eddie does have the double-jointed, Uh, elbows as we are starting to get on newer figures which is nice there is uh, one extra p 
piece of articulation though that I haven't mentioned and it's in uh, one of the accessories which I guess could also kind of be classified as another character which is you get a possessed deer head and his neck is articulated it's on a uh, ball joint there so you can have him uh, sort of looking around as he would be doing uh, in the film uh, and also the Necronomicon itself is articulated you can open it up and there's some pages of <laughs> eyeballs and skulls on That's spine cool. uh, which is nice uh, if you remembered my oh. uh, original uh, Ultimate Ash uh, discussion I remember talking about the Necronomicon not looking uh, the way that I remembered it now it does change a lot over the films uh, so it could just be one that I sort of miss at points, but uh, that book I didn't really feel like uh, looked like the Necronomicon that I know, and this one definitely does. It has that sort of smushed skin uh, face with the mouth, the gore, and the sort of squinty eyes on it. So I, I do um, really like this version of the Necronomicon. Uh, you also get uh, the... Uh, Dagger, which I'm blanking on the proper name of it at this moment, Kandarian, uh, I believe. Uh, Dagger, uh, and he's got his sort of little skull mouth open where the blood uh, would pour out when he stabs someone. And you also, being Ash, you get his classic pieces such as his uh, boomstick and his chainsaw. And they have some very nice... Uh, paintwork application so chainsaws covered in blood but it's got a nice sort of wooden handle uh, and his uh, boomstick has the wonderful wood grain running over it but a nice uh, metal uh, shine to it uh, on the metal parts uh, one thing that I didn't really notice until today when I re-watched the film uh, just to try and uh, refresh my knowledge is he also has uh, up on his body I thought it was like a, just not a well sort of sculpted strap that was kind of flicking uh, back up on him but it's actually uh, this tiny little detail piece that happens in the movie where he's got this little metal prong that he attaches to his upper strap that he then puts uh, the igniter in his chainsaw so he can just move his arm and that clicks the chainsaw into uh, buzzing so he can uh, cut up some deadites and that's actually in there. There's no string that connects the two, uh, but uh, I thought that was a really cool little detail uh, that they added and I constantly uh, forget it's actually there um, as part of his uh, costume because I'm more used to the TV show version where he's just got the electronic gauntlet and can uh, turn it on at will uh, it seems uh, mm. basically uh, so an absolutely wonderful set uh, it is one of those ones where I, I didn't love it as much as I thought that I would and I think that's because there's no real surprise here for me. I was actually really surprised how much I liked the original Ash figure. And I think that's because they included things that I really didn't think I would want until I got them. Such as the evil hand and the tape recorder and the green-blooded axe. And the pieces from the beginning of the film that aren't as iconic as the hero Ash version but 
the Hero Ash version we have gotten in a couple of forms now, and it is very similar to the Ash vs. the Evil Dead form that we've got. Uh, so as much as it's cool, and I do like it, there, there was a little bit of disappointment factor for me where I, I didn't have that wow factor that I had with the original Ultimate Evil Dead figure, which is a little bit sad, but I, I don't want it to... Uh, take too much away from this set and judge the set on what I actually do have uh, here and I think I've got to give it eight dollies out of ten mainly being just that NECA quality control on some of the paints is just Mm. not there and it is a shame because they really are the thing that holds these figures back from being truly great Mm. And it is that weird little bit of a risk factor where you don't know what you're going to get till <laughs> you get it in hand. It is a uh, little bit like a blind box opening, uh, which, considering a lot of stores are mm. not carrying their horror stuff uh, as much, and it can be a little bit harder nope. to track them down, uh, nope. you are often buying them online, and you know you don't get the option of comparing them in stores. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, yeah I'm, g- I'm going to knock two points off for that, which might be something that I'd normally only knock one point off. But uh, apart from that, uh, these guys are really great. If you are a fan of the property, it's a great set to have. If you already have the Hero Ash, it's uh, probably worth upgrading just for the Evil Eddie uh, as well as the extra articulation uh, you get on the Ash figure here. Uh, just really a um, fantastic set uh, for the most part and a great piece to pick up uh, even though it's past now but I picked it up during Halloween horror time so uh, <laughs> always fun to buy some horror figures then excellent very nice so very nice. how do we feel about sculpted chest hair <laughs> I I'm but- I'm gonna defend I don't mind it so it's something I didn't really mention in my review, but it's uh, he does have a little bit of sculpted chest hair, but then there is a bit of a darker wash uh, that goes over it to fill it in. So it's sort of indented, uh, and then the dark wash goes over it. But uh, I, I think it, it actually, from a, a distance, gives you know quite a good look. It's just as you get closer, you know, then I don't know. It's I mean, I, I love the the sculpting of the the portraits on this. I think the grimace one is, you know, a fantastic likeness. And I zoomed in to check that out, not his sculpted nipple. Um, but then I was like, oh wow, that chest here. That's there's a lot of sculpting happening there. Yeah, no, that. I guess it depends how it's finished too. I mean, if it's if it's not painted and highlighted, you know, the right way, then it could probably look quite awkward. But then, I mean, you know, I've seen Wolverine figures that don't feature any hair at all, and they always talk about how hairy he is. And exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe we could devote a discussion topic one day to the best way to do body hair. Body my, hair. My and only wax. <laughs> or vape. But my my only gripe with this is that huge. Um, like the really noticeable chest cut, uh, you know, that it kind of ruins the shirtless 
the the ripping his shirt sort of look. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, where he's got yeah. the um, sort of the underbody uh, section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's already a lot happening visually there, and then it creates a. I'm like, oh, what's that other strap thing? I'm like, oh, that's just articulation. Blah. Also, there he is. Head coming out of the middle of his chest. <laughs> I think this is this looks awesome though. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much, Eddie. We are going to take a break now, and we're going to come back and catch up with Adam and Adam. 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 Come back with Adam, <laughs> Adam. and Adam check and out Adam. what's happening in the the Figurates uh, Dragon Ball universe. Back in a sec. <laughs> and Adam, are we having cheese? <laughs> no cheese. That's what happens when we fuse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now that's a special episode. Aliens! Yo, Hicks! Something big is in the air! It's the alien flying queen! Yeah. And her gruesome gorillas! Send in the ultimate space marine, Atax, disguised in his big, bad bug suit! He sneaks in and takes him out! But the flying queen unmasks him! Yeah. Send in Hicks and the heavily armored EVAC fighter! Send in the marine! Blast them! Yeah! And bottle them! And it's Bye Bye Bug, each sold separately! Aliens! Well, we're about to kick off with our second toy of the week, and if you need to know what's happening in the figure arts Dragon Ball universe, then Adam has got you covered, and if you don't know one Goku from another, well, listen carefully. Adam, take it away. Thank you, thank you. Just join me. (laughs) We'll start with, this kind of sort of isn't Goku at all. Um... This what? is spoilers. Yeah, so mm. this is massive spoilers about how this works. Um, yeah, and, big, big spoiler warning here. Yeah. Next, you're going to tell me he doesn't die at all, and they're just going to make movies now. Oh wait, wrong thing. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you, you you actually are kind of accurate there. If you know the first three oh, episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. I was like, wait, Scott got woke. <laughs> he's, um, he's still in the Saiyan saga, but he's there. He's, he's confused yeah, by what? tree of might. He has no idea how that. These are all the same. You can't fool me. This is the biggest practical joke ever. So now that we've gotten the, the spoiler warning out of the way, um, this is one of the most convoluted character histories um, in Dragon Ball Z, to my mind. Uh, so this is Goku Black, which is actually Zamasu, which is like the Universe Ten. Um, <laughs> North Kai, who is trained to become the Supreme Kai, and he's from the timeline two, I think it is, or something from Trunks's, like from Future Trunks timeline two or something. It's possibly one of the, yeah, one of the timelines where I believe Trunks is already. No, hang on, let me go back. This starts before. <laughs> Even our experts confused, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. It starts. <laughs> it starts before. Anything in Dragon Ball Z from memory um, with Zamasu, yeah, Zamasu um, deciding that he hates mortals um, and he hates gods that allow mortals to exist because uh, all they do is destroy everything. So he comes up with a plan to destroy all the mortals and then destroy all the gods and to do it in all the universes. Solid plan. Um, To do this, he needs time travel, uh, which is why he's got the little ring on his finger in the figure. Um, and obviously, when Trunks goes around traveling in time, that breaks time a bit, and apparently that creates a lot of time rings, so he gets one that way. Um, and then he decides that the best way to enact his plan 
is to use the Super Dragon Balls to steal Goku's body and then go set about his killing spree. So I hate when that happens. Yeah. I told you this was convoluted. It's time travel and multiple universes involved at the same time, and time travel doesn't create a new universe. It just creates a new timeline in the same universe. It, yeah. <laughs> Actually, it creates it across all the universes. It's fucked. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's the backstory out of the way. If it doesn't make any sense, uh, just go look it up on the Dragon Ball Wikia and see if it makes more sense to you. Those guys are, like, not paid professional wages to, to do this stuff. Yeah. So the figure itself, right, let's get back to things at hand. Um, this is a, another SH Figure Arts figure from Bandai. It was released in 2018. Uh, it is an action figure, and it went at the original time of sale for about 65 US. It's probably still about that price. Um, I think that's a little bit of a steep price compared to some of the other uh, figure arts going around at the moment. Um, there is some part reuse in this, but there's also some new bits and pieces around the place. Uh, the packaging is fairly standard in terms of it's the Dragon Ball slash or Z slash Super slash Dragon Ball original um, windowed box where you have the most of the front as a window, a little bit of the, the side and a little bit of the top as a window. So you get a decent amount of looking at the figure before you buy it. It uh, has a nice artistic shot on the front of the figure. It wraps around to one of the sides where it has some also artistic black and white photos. It's a bit like, you know, what was it, picture or whatever it was back in the day that was black and white. Um, and then has uh, more posing suggestions on the back. So that's cool. Like most of these, you crack it open. There is a tray holding the figure and many accessories with a little cover tray that sits on top and clips in nicely. Behind that is a coloured card. In this case, it's a nice dark purple. And then behind that is instructions on how to play with your dolly. Uh, very important for some of these figures, especially if you have not had one before, because of the number of accessories and parts and how do I do this thing. So, the figure itself is, you know, it's uh, a guy wearing a grey overshirt tunicky thing with a red belt. Uh, under that, he's got a black undershirt, and he's got kind of karate gi black pants and white boots uh, that they tuck into. Um, in that case, I think this is probably, therefore, if I think about the, the design, it's fairly similar to what we would have had for Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Goku in terms of outfit. Um I think there's been a bit of reuse for some of those parts and other parts are just new, so that's nice. Um, the head is, for all intents and purposes, a Goku head with a little earring on one of the ears, which is really a portrait issue. Um, the hands, so swap out hands, we have uh, by default punchy hands. There are grappling hands or key blasting hands, which are also used for holding one of the effects parts. There's uh, a two-fingered pistol hand, so, you know, kind of pointing your, your hand like a pistol shot. There's a um, all-fingers stretched out for chopping hand. There's a one-fingered weird kind of beckoning hand. Um, there's actually two left grappling hands, so one of those is probably for the part, uh, the effects part, the other's just another grappling hand. And there's the two fingers open, extended grappling hand on the right hand. So a decent selection of hands. As far as portraits, um, we have 
actually got two heads. Um, so Goku Black uh, is able to do things like Super Saiyan. And in this case, it's Super Saiyan Rose. Um, I always, when I was, because I read the manga before catching up on the anime, I thought it was Rose. And I thought, well, that's, yeah, sure. They're, they're naming him after alcohol. Why not? It's a new direction, at least. Um, but essentially, in this form, instead of uh, going yellow or blue, his hair goes pink. Um, and it looks kind of interesting and, uh, you know, kind of 1980s, um, which is okay with me. But um, one of the portraits that goes with that, so the, the default portrait on that one is uh, serious face glare. The other portrait, without the hair fitted, so if you just have the portrait sitting in front of you, it looks a bit like Billy Idol shouting slash singing. Um, I've posted <laughs> an instructional picture for those of us not old enough to remember Billy Idol. Um, <laughs> Further ageism in this episode, but it's, mm-hmm. it's necessary. Um, so those are the, the head portraits options there. On the base Goku face, he's got a, a smirking face, and he's got a teeth gritted looking off to his left um, face. So those are your options there. I've talked about effects parts. There are two. There is uh, his kind of god, demon, whatever you call it, slicing blade thing. So that uh, clips onto... Oh, the good old god demon. Yeah, it's probably got an actual name. I just haven't learnt it yet because he's not a recurring character. Um, anyway, so it's a, a kind of big, sharpie-looking piece of plastic with a, a burst effect at one end that you slot his uh, fingers extended chopping hand into and then clip that into it, or clip that as his, his hand. Uh, it's okay. It's kind of got a metallic finish to it and it's kind of pinky. So it looks okay. I've seen shots where people have lived up. The other effect part is a reuse of the... I'm trying to remember which Goku it came with. I think it was the original base Goku um, Kamehameha effect part. This time it's cast in purple, so it's um, character accurate. And that comes in the package as just the ball with uh, all these little shard pits that you have to plug in there and not snap. And then um, it's got a couple of little divots for his fingers to sit in for when you have him hold it. Uh, I found that in the original to be a pain in the ass to get him to consistently hold it. Um, I haven't tried it with this one. I don't intend to, mainly because of that reason. Um, and it's good for those that, that want that part. I just thought it was a novel idea, but a shit execution the first time around, and it doesn't look like it's changed this time. Um, the figure itself, so... It's got most of the features we expect from a modern figure art. It's got the um, butterfly shoulder chest attachment. It's got the uh, neck that hinges at the base and at the top. It's got the double jointed, um, just straight swivelly cut thing elbow. It's got a ball jointed upper bicep. Uh, It's got the newfangled T crotch, uh, double jointed knee and a ball jointed ankle and a toe uh, articulation. The T-cut crotch is not so bad on this because the tunic actually hangs over it. And the other thing is they've continued their recent innovation of let's not um, make that tunic one solid piece and they put the the splice on each side so you can actually get a decent split going there. You can actually do the whole Van Damme um, split if you want to. So that's pretty good. Uh, The other thing is that this is... Continuing the trend of recent figures where they've actually put a bit of wash on some of the plastic. I don't think they have on the legs at all, 
but they have on the front of the tunic. The back of the tunic is unpainted plastic. The front has a wash, so it's got a kind of black charcoal-y kind of wash to it. So that looks good, gives a bit of texture to it. Um, the other places where they've got paint apps, you know, there's a bit of paint app on the neck because it's black into pink. Um, that seems to be done well. The earring is green paint. And the other one is the time ring on his finger. And I think they've managed to do that well on every finger, which is impressive, um, considering that's one of those things where it's just a thin strip of silver along a, a flesh-coloured uh, piece of plastic, so it would stand out if they got it wrong. The downcoming for this figure, in my opinion, is the neck. Um, because it's not a, a low-cut top, it's a skivvy neck top, 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 a bit of a turtleneck. Um, it makes it look like he's got no neck because it's black. It's mm. on a black torso with a grey um, gi tunic. It, it just looks like there's no neck there. If you look at it from um, below, so you're looking up at his face, it looks okay. If you look at it straight on, it starts to make him look like he's got no neck. If you look at him from above, he absolutely looks like he has no neck. It's a, a total Gladstone small. Um, and that's worrying because. I had a bit of a play around with this, and it, it's hard to tell when you're trying to fit the new head as to whether or not you've actually just not connected properly and it's just kind of done the, the ball joint for the heads folded back and only partly got the ball inside the head socket or whether you've actually fitted it correctly and it just looks like no neck. Um, so I found to actually get around that, you your best bet is actually to remove the portrait, remove the bangs, um, we actually have to do it in the opposite order. Then fit the, the hairpiece on top of the neck. And then once you're sure that you've done that correctly, then choose your portrait and put your bangs back on. Um, which is frustrating. It's, you know, it's not necessarily going to be a consistent fault. It may just be a, a problem with my item. Um, but it is a bit annoying. No, um, I, I can say because my uh, rosé head uh, had a bit of a tighter... Uh, peg hole as well yep. so I, I had to do the same same thing um, and even just when I take it off I um, do the same just because I'm a little bit worried about pulling on that joint too much it's it's such a yeah and it is a thin um, what do you call that a thin armature that goes up to the socket so it is something to worry about um, the other thing for those that want to really mix and match, I haven't tried fitting heads from any of the other Gokus around the place. If you want to try and get some different facials, uh, you could also look at trying to fit, I guess, a, a Vegito um, head if you wanted to have Tupataro on it. Uh, it's not quite how it happens in the anime, but you'd at least be able to do that if you wanted to. Um, I note that we haven't got the, uh, the merged um, Zamasu Goku thing that happens later on in the show. You can swap the portraits between the two heads, though, okay? Like, so so they swap, and that's all fine, and they fit. But you also can't swap the bangs, so you can't have, like, uh, a black hairdo with pink bangs or a pink primary hairdo with black bangs. Um, you will just get the, the eye colour and the eyebrows swap out, which may be enough for people, but it looks freaking weird. Um, just not right with the pink eyebrows under black hair. Um yeah, so, you know, it's it's a reasonable figure. Um, I think the price point is a bit steep because I'm, yeah. I'm looking at what's reused and I'm going, well, if that top half, like the 
the um, the tunic looks like it's reuse. Um, those pants up to the boot point have been reused so many times. It's not funny. The boots, if they're new, they wouldn't have taken a lot to sculpt. If they're reused, it's probably from like a um, a recent Vegeta figure from Super. Uh, yes, the hands have a, a ring sculpt on them. Yes, there's a Pataro on one ear for the portraits. The rest of the portraits is reused. The Kamehameha effect part is reused. Um, surprisingly, the hair head sculpt part of uh, Rosé head is not reused because I've compared it to all the previous ones and it's not the same, um, which I thought was interesting. So I would assume that there will be future reuse of that on uh, a future Goku of, of, of some sort, not the Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Vegito though, because that's 100% reuse from the original Vegito just with repaint. So, yeah, I think it's pretty good. I didn't really need the instruction sheet. Um, you may need it if you intend to assemble your Kamehameha effect part. Um, really, it's just about matching shapes like one of those um, old yeah, I... Playmobil... Yeah, I, I find it to be kind of a fun puzzle more than <laughs> anything else. It, you don't want to read the sheet, you just want to... Yeah, oh, yeah. like it, it can take you a, a good 10 minutes or so sometimes to to, to work them all out. Because you'll try one and it won't go in and then you'll like go try the other one there and say, like, oh, maybe it was that one, I just didn't have it around the right way. And they're very pointy and sharp, so, you know, it's easy to either snap them or put them inside your, your hand in ways that your hand was not designed to handle. Um, so yeah, you know, it's a, it's a solid figure. Um, the price point is the issue. I look at this compared to the new Goku, um, that we got recently and that was like $35 US. Um, I think that had a hell of a lot more reuse, but even so, I think this should probably be like at the $50, $55 price point. Yeah. Um, and price as well with this because he's starting to creep up a fair bit on the secondary market and trying to find him in first place um, is might still be possible. He's still he hasn't been out that long, um, but yep. yeah, I think once he's completely gone from that uh, first uh, place, the the second hand market on this guy is looking like it's just going to go up and up. Um, yep. So yeah, pr- price is going to be a big factor with this guy like a lot of the villains end up being. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some of the villains they keep redoing. So they've redone Freezer a couple of ways. They've redone Broly. They've redone Cell a couple of ways. So they may do them again in the future, um, or they may not. I guess one of the other things is whether or not they um, bring the character back at all in the future. I They kind of didn't set it up for that, so I wouldn't bet on it. Um, they may just choose to do another, another run later in time they've done that with some of the other characters but you may be waiting for four to five years i'd imagine we'd probably get the merged uh with zamasu uh current universe zamasu merge yeah be, that, Which, that that seemed like it'd be a fairly easy reuse and yeah um well for half the figure anyway yeah <laughs> um so i think if this was at the lower price point i'd probably give this an eight or a nine i think at the price point that it's at, for me, it's a 7 out of 10. Hmm. Very good. Now, you ready for the quiz, well, Scotty? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I have to say that, you know, normally I'm like, these are all the same, these are all the same, but unless this is different colours, right, I could... I could <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. It's the pink one! <laughs> it's the pink one. 
At least they're not wearing the, you know, the, the traditional orange gi that uh, uh, Master Roshi's mob wear. So yeah, that's always a win. That you know, there's a bit of uh, a bit of color variation there for you. That's right. Of course, <laughs> you could achieve the same thing by just swapping heads, but hey. <laughs> Very good. I, I okay. like the, the the effect thing. That's, they are yeah. fun. Yeah. But I kind of yeah. looked at that and went, yeah. Like, it <laughs> looks good when it's in use, but otherwise it's just kind of, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, you guys are so hard to be made happy. Yeah. Eddie takes off points because it just didn't wow me. Yeah. <laughs> like, man. Lacks the wow factor. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, that was our second and final toy of the week. We're going to take another break and then we're going to come back with uh, a toy breakdown. If your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch, then you might like a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favorite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues with the promo code BREACH10. Well, now it's time for our discussion topic of the week, and we are doing a toy breakdown. Now, for those not aware, a toy breakdown differs from a toy of the week in that uh, toy breakdowns usually entail more than one member of the show picking a particular item up. And instead of doing an individual review, we just take the opportunity to have a bit of a uh, conversation about said toy. We don't go into as much detail as we would for a toy of the week uh, because there's often more than one. And in this particular case, there is. And uh, we're going to be talking about the new line of uh, from Funko, who are looking at the Disney uh, Disney class? What is it? Disney Saturday afternoon? Disney afternoon series? Uh, well, you know, I was actually just thinking, what is this line called? <laughs> yes, I, I, it doesn't actually mention it, but I, I do believe it is based on the the Disney. It was called Disney Afternoon, and it was yep. a series of cartoons back to back that was shown often on Saturday afternoon, depending on where you were, and feature a whole bunch of shows that many people will remember. And uh, Mr. Scotty, who are we going to be taking a look at today? Well, Ben started all this. Yeah, I feel I like I've got deja vu. <laughs> you do, yes. So I, I mentioned at the beginning of last week's show that we got a little bit jumbled and had our first lost recording mishap. Um and one of the two pieces that we lost was an original Toy of the Week that Ben did on Uncle Scrooge. And then, in the meantime, he made me buy things. <laughs> um, and when I say made me, like, by alerting me to that they exist, and then I think we even talked on a show about, oh, they just solicited Chip and Dale, and then, of course, because it's Funko, that means they're already out, right? Like. Yeah. Um, Look, I, I just want so, to take the opportunity to defend myself, and I don't make you buy anything. However, I never stop you no. from buying anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like the, the you know, worst person to ask you to talk 
you out of buying something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, if I actually wanted to be talked out of buying something, I would never text you. <laughs> it's a service that, I offer. That would just be... <laughs> Uh, so funny. Um, yeah, so we've got uh, um, Scrooge McDuck, uh, Duckwing Duck, and then my buddies Chip and Dale. Huzzah. Huzzah. Yes, well, uh, I, I came across these uh, purely by accident. Um, normally, we're used to uh, seeing products from Funko hit the shelves pretty quick. We usually get the, the news announced, and by the time it takes you to walk to the kitchen to get a drink there in stores uh that's how it seems to work with pop vinyls uh and this one actually uh snuck up and surprised me i was in a local pop culture store and noticed these on the shelf and uh was quite surprised at how cheap they were as well um and obviously funko deciding to you know get into a, a new series of figures after having some um, spectacular fails with their Game of Thrones and their Magic the Gathering yeah. and other such lines. Mm, um, mm. And and I think, you know, Scotty, just jumping back to a couple of things I said, you know, about Scrooge, and, and that was that uh, I was really quite surprised but also quite pleased that someone was finally taking a stab at, uh, at properties like this. And uh, I think in a, a recent... Uh, survey that I saw, which you know, on the internet, so it was obviously very, very trustworthy. Um, it indicated that um, uh, it actually indicated huh? that M- Mickey Mouse is the the single most recognisable character, um, fictional, you know, fictional property, um, and so it, it got me thinking that. You know, it's really interesting that we, we've got all these toy lines that we talk about week after week on the show, but you've got things like these Disney characters like Mickey Donald and, and those guys, you know, the Hanna-Barbera characters, and nobody's ever really sort of sat, sat down to make a well-done action figure line. So so my heart beamed seeing Uncle Scrooge sitting there on the pegs, and then obviously I, I quickly discovered Chippendale, uh, et cetera, and, and had to snap them up. So... Uh, yeah, yeah, nice to yeah, see. I think um, that, that that from this uh, first wave, because I think there is going to be a second one, isn't there? Yes, at the time yeah. I, I said, oh, oh yeah. I haven't heard that there's a second wave. You know, maybe it's a, the typical Funko, yeah. we do one wave, doesn't sell, and then we don't bother. But um, uh, yes, since well, I, recording that. Yeah, I think we're missing one from the first wave, which is yeah, Tailspin Baloo. Baloo. Yeah. Yeah, um, you don't have the bare have necessities seen. to do this. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, I see what you did there. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. He'll be here all week. Yeah. Try the deal. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think that you know, if this turns into a, you know, a a, a bigger line at this scale and this price point, um, I would love it. I think that. You know, uh, Funko is great at starting stuff, and uh, when it sells, they're great at continuing it. So I guess it's partly about how um, well people respond to it. I did think when I was looking at just the quality here, and as you alluded to before, that if you know, th- these, I think, are uh, for for what they are, they're done quite well, and that perhaps if they had the QC together at this point when they tried those more expensive six-inch figures, the Game of Thrones, the Firefly stuff, etc., then maybe they might have not been so poopy. 
Yeah, maybe it, it has taken a bit of time for them to sort of, uh, you know, build up that momentum with reputable companies, uh, et cetera. Yep. You know, I, I certainly uh, criticised, yep. um, yeah, pretty much most of their lines. I think their magic ones were, were, were very disappointing. Oh, yeah, terrible. Um, yep. So... So these yeah. these are a cheaper price point. They come on a, car, a peg card with a removable bubble, so they're not you know collector friendly if you want to open them. But for the price point, um, I think that's okay. Yeah, I yeah yeah. I mean, so this is your traditional <laughs> blister. Well, no, I'm I'm. I was actually thinking about packaging the other day as I was chucking some uh, some empty packaging in the recycling, uh, and you know I've I've always um, been very annoyed at uh, Diamond and, and particularly their Marvel oh, Select terrible. type stuff where they've got yep. you know these suitcase suitcase sized packages that have got these small figures, and I, I honestly think they do it purely to take up shelf space, so it draws attention. Um, but you know I don't know I'm a bit disappointed with these guys because. You know, a, a blister card that's actually stuck, like, glued onto the cardboard. You know, this is what we were doing 40 years ago. Uh, really? Really? In, in that time, we just ha- we haven't found something else that we can do at a cheap... You know, I mean, obviously, they're not going to do this line, uh, you know, like Hasbro does the Star Wars black type of thing, but... I noticed that um, my Mythic Legions that I got today, um, they have sort of what appears to be the blister card on a, um, you know, the cardboard backing, but the the cardboard backing actually slides out, and oh. so then you can remove yeah. the figure and slide it back again. And it's like, is it really that much more difficult, more expensive? I mean, these really are cheap. There's oh. no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I suppose if you go back to those their earlier action figure attempts. You know, those were collector-friendly. They had the the packaging, etc. And, you know, whether it was the price point or the QC that didn't fly, they didn't fly. So, um, and and I think that this is the sort of thing that um, could sell to collectors, but also could sell to the mom and dad, yeah. you know, buyer, yeah. because it's... Uh, it was kind of weird. I, some of these were fifteen, some of them were twenty for me, and I couldn't kind of work yeah, out why. Yeah, all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think but it's still, like someone. I think it's like someone told Funko that collectors display figures in packaging um, as is, and they don't want to take them out, and and so you've got to be able to see the figure. <laughs> no, that's possible. Yeah. I mean, look, they are nice. They're, they're very colourful. Um, they, they obviously relate to their relevant property. So Uncle Scrooge has uh, the DuckTales logo splashed across the card. They're actually quite small. Um, you know, you actually get lost on the pegs. They're, they're not big figures anyway, but then the the actual packaging is not very big uh, either. So quite small. Very colourful. Um, you know, the, the Scrooge one has, um, you know, the three uh, nephews splashed across. Not nephews, grandnephews um, splashed across. So hopefully, you know, we, we will see this line continue, you know, and get uh, Huey, Dewey and Louie, etc. Um, but, uh, you know, scale-wise, uh, really hard to, to kind of pick with um, Scrooge, for example, uh, he he's about three inches tall to the top of his head, four inches to the top of his um, his hat. Uh, so he is quite small. I've got my Scrooge um, actually in with my Palisades Muppets, um, and he's uh, he dwarfs pretty much everybody. He um, you know um, even even Kermit's kind of like a head taller than Scrooge. But um, I do hope they they sort of you know have some sort of consistency with this line. 
Yeah, yeah. Again, I mean, I, I don't mind the scale as long as they th- there is some semblance of yeah. But but from from these um that we've gotten, and I I did see a blue at one point, but didn't um, pick him up, and he is a bit bigger. So yeah, we we will see, but uh, you know, time well, until. I guess technically Chip and Dale are out of scale, aren't yeah. they? Because compared to Scrooge, they should probably only be about you know two centimeters or an inch, you know, <laughs> tall yeah. at most. Blue, Blue's a yeah. little bit bigger, but he's not that much bigger than the peak of mm. Darkwing's mm. hat, if that sort of makes um, yeah. sense. He's he's yeah. the biggest of the bunch, but he's that size isn't in scale with the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, Scotty, do you want to talk about uh, sculpting? Yeah, I, I, there's a a decent amount of, uh, you know, these are obviously custom, um, you know, sculpts. There's not going to be mountains of reuse here. Um, and, you know, the, for, for the price point, there's really quite a bit of um, detail. And I, I think that wherever possible, I think, you know, we have uh, pieces cast in colors rather than paint. Um but you know, there's a little bit of paint work more on Chippendale than on the the ducks. Um, the I, I think the sculpts are great. I think that the uh, level of articulation that we're getting for um, this price point is pretty good. Um, you know, as well, we've got uh, shoulders and elbows and uh, don't seem to be wrists. I'm always afraid of breaking things on air. Then I'll cry yeah. and be bad. Yep. We've got sort of ball jointed, um, ball jointed necks, etc. Like uh, you know, Scrooge can lift his head up and down, and obviously turn it left and right. There's a little bit of movement there. Uh, I think you know what's mainly missing with these guys is the the articulation in the legs. Like Scrooge has none at yes. all. Yes. Um, and and so if you're unlucky and you know the figure is slightly off balance, then they're going to sort of sit and wobble. You know, you don't have even that that sort of basic. Um, you know, uh, sort of cut joint um, where his leg joins his body to just twist it slightly to, you know, stand them a little bit better. So I I think... So Darkwing Duck has those, but I can't... Well, it has a cut, but I can't even tell... He's actually almost impossible. Oh, I've finally got him standing up, but it was quite a saga to get Darkwing standing up. Yeah, Um, his weight is very shifted because of the hat and his beak but then also his gas gun really throws his weight towards mm. the front he's both mm. of mine are constantly tipping forward yeah both ducks oh, yeah oh, um, my, my scrooge is fine but my Darkwing is oh uh, no i meant there. um uh negatron the the variant of duck oh that's right sorry we forgot to mention um the negatron oh, Do you yes, want to explain there, him? there are variants yeah yes. so uh negatron is the chase variant uh, of the way, so it's just basically the Darkwing Duck uh, figure, and from memory, it was just a Darkwing Duck package, as if it was that. I don't know if he actually had yeah, Negatron no, no written on the um, package at all. It just had one of those silver stickers that you see on the pops and uh, ones like that, um, denoting that it was the Chase, um, and it's just him kind of in a if he was in black and white, and then with uh, red eyes. Uh, for the one, but exact same sculpt and all that. Hmm. He's the Goku Black so, of Darkwings. You know. <laughs> Chip and Dale, um, 
the, I've got this sentimental thing, and it's really it's really weird. Like, uh, I, my dad's mum lived in Florida while I was growing up, and we were we were very fortunate to get like quite near Disney World, and we were very fortunate to get to spend some Christmases down there, and then get to go to the Disney parks and stuff, which is great. And the first time I ever remember hearing about Chippendale was if you've ever been to a, a Disney park, their parking is all labeled by the characters. So you're like, you know, in Daisy Duck Blue <laughs> or whatever. And and we parked in Chippendale and I was like, you know, I, I, I just, mm. you know, those little kind of just memories that stick with you. Like, mm. um, and I, I, re I really remember that. And so it's kind of funny how, I think that's why, like, I've always been a bit of a Chippendale fan, but I think it actually started with the car park. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, like uh, the fact that these guys are based on, you know, the Rescue Rangers cartoon. And so, uh, you know, we've got our yeah. little Indiana Jones and Magnum P.I. outfits yeah. going on. And uh, and, and Chip awesome. adds to my um, my growing collection of fictional characters dressed like Indiana Jones uh, along with... Um, my Mickey Mouse, and of course my Palisades, Kermit the Frog. Um. <laughs> That's so cool. So th these guys have got you know, arm and neck articulation, but no... Uh, oh, wait. This is weird. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah, they a, do have leg articulation. Yeah. Okay. It's that weird yeah. kind of 45-degree cut joint that I think it really only serves the purpose of just getting those feet as, as flat as possible. Like, it, it doesn't give you any additional posing or anything it just yeah. helps you um yeah get them a bit more stable but uh yeah and I, I i love these guys they they really do look fantastic and I, and the same thing goes i guess for scrooge is um you know instantly recognizable the sculpts really are fantastic they do look like they've jumped straight out of the cartoon um i really like the the little extras like um you know this is a cheaper line but they've still gone with this clear plastic uh, that they've used for Scrooge's um, spectacles that are on the end of his uh, beak beak yeah, and uh, they they look fantastic the way they're sort of glued in like that and don't forget that um, Dale of course comes with zipper yep oh yes absolutely uh, don't don't breathe in too quickly or you could inhale him <laughs> I think um, he's probably about the size that Chip and Dale should be if they were going to stand be, yeah, next yeah. to <laughs> Scrooge. So that gives you a bit of a uh, bit of perspective. But you know, for a, a cheap line, like I've got some a bit of bleeding, you know, with the paintwork, and I think this is probably where things suffer the most. Like the the sculpting is fantastic. Um, you know, the the articulation for the price point is really good. Um, a, a few of the figures have bleeding wear colours. Um, for instance, you know, Chip's white fur collar when they've painted that white over, you know, the yeah. brown, I can see that there's some over, over spray. But, um, you know, it's kind of made up because Dale has his Hawaiian shirt on and the, um, the, the flowers that are actually on that, that orangey shirt um, are actually applied really, really well. Yeah. Um, they've actually done quite oh, and a good speaking job. of sculpted chest hair, we have sculpted yes. chest fur. Yes, I was going to mention the, the sculpted, <laughs> continuing the theme. <laughs> So, yeah, it's do done better, good. I think. Yeah, they do look good. Yeah. I mean, some of the paint is a bit iffy. Um, you know, for instance, Chip is uh, is cast in like his bottom half is cast in brown plastic, and then they've painted 
the other colour um, that continues his his sort of chest colour down onto that. And I can see the brush strokes, but um, but overall, like the, these are fun looking figures just sitting on your shelf. They they look great together, and yeah, I really do hope that we get um, you know a, a continuation. Obviously, with a series two on the way, hopefully there's a, a bit of longevity to come. Yeah, I, well, you know, there's a there's certainly a lot to to choose from. I think that. Um, at this price point, it's the sort of thing that you know you could kind of universe build quite easily. So mm. see mm. how we go. It's just also nice to see you know, nothing against Disney princesses, but it's <laughs> nice to see you know the, the like other characters getting a look in. Well, what yeah, like, is is there any other shows or that that fall under that? Um, Disney afternoon lineup that they haven't done yet that you'd be like say gummy bears that was a notable exception for uh, me. Trucking hazard, yeah. Well, so so let's see. They in the if we think about other characters that we could get because there is also they've done at least one series of Disney afternoon mystery minis, um, and so I mean they're mainly from these properties like you know. Um, Still, so just more characters from the from Ducktales and uh, Chippendale, etc. Was Gar- Gargoyles one of? I mean, this was probably a bit past my. I think my... that was a Saturday morning one. I don't know if that was the mm-hmm. the Disney afternoon block. But yeah, Goof p- Troop potentially. Goof Troop, Mon yeah, Pumba. that's a good one actually. Yeah, Goof Troops yeah. in there, uh, possibly Timon and Pumbaa. Oh yeah, really? Um, yeah, well. I, I, they went that long? Yeah. Like, wow. I, I'd like uh, at least, you know, to get the the rest of the DuckTales crew would be um, good, but, you know, it'd be great to kind of... Yeah. Oh, hold on. Maybe there is... Yeah, maybe we are getting uh, Donald and Daisy and the Huey Dewey Louie. Okay. Right. Oh, hold on. Or is that something... <laughs> because I, because second wave was Gizmo Duck and Launchpad for Darkwing plus uh, Louie and Gidget. Is that the name of the girl mouse from Rescue? Mm. I always remember being a bit weird on Rescue Rangers because I was excited for it to launch and then like Operation Desert Storm happened or something and then you cut to like news. <laughs> I just always uh, remember being like disappointed yeah. that my cartoons um, got taken away. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm wrong. Oh, hold on. There's a, a launch pad. Yeah, that's the um, duck yeah, that's still duck stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm pretty much so, good for everything except gummy bears. Oh, bugs. I really don't just need gummy bear toys. I'm good with everything else. Oh, Darkwing just fell over again. By the way, <laughs> are they doing a, a Becky from um, Tailspin? The hotness. The Kirsty Alley bear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Hopefully they get to all of them eventually. It would be nice. Yeah. Oh, the Sheer Khan guy. you got to get him in. And the, the Wolf yeah. Pirate. Mm. Yeah, sorry. Here's the sec- the second wave is Gizmo Duck Gadget, King Louie, and Launchpad. Launchpad McQuack. Okay. Yes. So there are more. Yay. Mm, that's cool. Yep. Excellent. So they should be in stores yesterday. Did you um, I wish I could make other things, like summon other things out of the ether like that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Very good. Look, I, I, I'm just um, 
I'm just happy for what these stand for. I'm glad that people are looking into these sort of properties. I hope eventually whatever kind of deal Funko's got going on with Disney, it can extend to other Disney properties. It'd be great to see the rest of the the Disney, um, you know, stalwarts in there, like the whole the, the Mickey gang, um, you know, Pluto and, and all of those kind of guys, um, you know, and then I'd, I'd love for somebody to do a similar line for the Warner Brothers uh, crew as well, just getting that yes. sort of nice, that that sort of standard line, that standardised line with a, a common look and feel for, you know, Bugs and Daffy and all of those guys as well. Yep. Sign me up. Mm, very good. All right. Well, we'll be probably talking about Series 2 next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's when that'll be out. <laughs> all righty. Well, any last thoughts, comments? No. I like them. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. They're fun. A few accessories too. Like um, Scrooge also comes with his walking stick and uh, a bag of money, which is pretty cool. So I think it was some um, was poor old um, chip that doesn't come with, uh, with any kind of accessory. Yeah. Um, hmm. All right. We're going to wrap this one up. We're going to take a quick break and then come back and say goodbye. Well, before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. And if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. Mr. Scotty, you've got something. I do. So this isn't feedback per se. It's more of a frequently asked question. Um, We get a lot of contacts, which is lovely, and we often get contacts about people who have Kickstarters going and questions about uh, posts and interviews, etc. And so I do try to reply to those when I can, um, but we have a blanket rule about uh, only talking to, uh, talking to stuff that's already funded. And the reason for that is, is that very early on in the, in the um, show, we did do a Kickstarter episode where we um, yes. talked to some people who had stuff that was already that wasn't funded yet, um, uh, which did get funded, and one of them never produced anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I I put in for that as well, um, but it just kind of gave me pause to I don't want to put stuff out there that people might invest in because you know Kickstarter is a um, Oh, it's not a crapshoot, but like it, it is a. There's it, not a guarantee. Right? It's yes. kind of like the you know, investing said. in the notion. Yeah, investing in the notion of something with the hope that it becomes real. Um, so we do occasionally chat to people who've had Kickstarters funded, um, but it's just kind of a policy thing. So I just thought I'd mention because we've had a few of those inquiries lately. I'm not trying mm. to be mean. Uh, well, Eddie might be, but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It it can um, also be a little bit hard to being in Australia when you speak to Kickstarter people and you're like, oh, so what, what's that going to be like on international shipping and all that? And <gasps> yeah. Then they're, they're like, oh, million really, dollars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Or what's international shipping? Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, yeah, yeah. It's just... 
uh, and, and I, do, I think it's interesting because as the, you know, we've seen these great success stories and obviously, you know, stuff like Mythic Legions and um, the Four Horsemen um, stuff, you know, it, like the, around that is, it's amazing. It's great. It's so exciting. And we definitely um, love talking about that stuff, but it's just a, it's, you know, just a bit of a call about how we protect our listeners as well. Yep, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I have a colleague who uh, invests in quite a few technology-related ones and various, you know, gadgets and fold-up solar panels that you can put in your pocket. And uh, he went in for quite an expensive 3D printer that was going to revolutionise 3D printing. Uh, and it's been two years, and uh, and he's still waiting. So, wow. mm, uh, yes, yes. There is actually now there, there's a, a lot of great uh, people and things and that that have been done um, by Kickstarter. So I'm no way saying that this is the majority, but there is a interesting YouTube channel called Kick Scammers that does look at ah, <laughs> some okay. of the the weirder and uh, more pear-shaped way Kickstarters have gone. And there's some actually very interesting stories uh, out there, particularly in the video game world um, and a few other spots of uh, where uh, crowdfunding um, in general has had its sort of uh, ups and downs. So it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, channel to watch. Yeah, Look, yeah. My work, yeah, I mean, my work colleague was saying that uh, he was reading an update on the three D printer one, and someone actually went and tracked down the home address of, uh, uh, of the fellow that um, that that you know pulled this Swifty and, and knocked on his door, etc., and demanded answers, and then posted online where uh, this fellow lived and said, you know, if you're interested in chasing up your money, this is where he lives. So, not that we endorse that, but uh, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you know what you're you, like. You can't be blind to that. The reality is, is that it's a. There's no way to compel people to produce things, and I think that you know that I, I would hope that for the majority that haven't delivered that you know that wasn't the intent from the beginning. But I also think that you know that there's uh, I, I at the moment like. I get so many targeted ads about Kickstarters about the same stuff, like backpacks and yes, you know, the ultimate thing. backpack. It's even <laughs> yeah. more ultimate than and the I'm one like, last month. How, I, yeah, I'm just like, how, how can the world possibly need this many different types of backpacks? <laughs> I mean, I'm always interested in that kind of stuff because I lug a fair bit of tech around <laughs> with me, you know. Like, and so I, I, I like, but then you kind of look at it and go, ah, that's not that different, you know. Like, I, uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, it is a. I think it's also worth doing um, your own research and that before yeah. investing. Like it's it's good to try and find out, you know, what what are these people's experience in, you know, X product? Do they come from this background, or is it just someone in their backyard? Like, oh, I've had this idea and I want to do this, but. I've never had any manufacturing experience and never dealt with a factory in China and all that, that I'm now mm-hmm. quoting these prices on that uh, I might get stuck on as, you know, I, I don't realise that the economy can change and the price that I'm quoting here might be completely different in three months' time once the Kickstarter's ended and 
um, mm. or all those, mm. and how much has mm. been produced, you know, how much effort have they put into before putting it up on Kickstarter? Have they actually done as much as they can themselves, or are they just like, oh, here's a little thing I threw together last night on what I would do uh, if this happens? Yeah. So, like, I know with, yeah. like, the comic stuff, there's a lot of people who back... Uh, comic stuff on Kickstarter, but a lot of them have the rule that they won't fund it unless the comic itself is done and people are just looking for the publishing costs. They won't sort of back it if it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I will draw this uh, if we get... Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I successfully backed uh, an action figure one, which I, I hope to uh, wax lyrical about when, when we get a bit closer. But uh, I actually hadn't heard anything for quite some time, and I'd basically forgotten about it. And I got a, a an update from sort of from the Kickstarter project saying, you know, I am so sorry. I just realised, you know, it's been six months since I provided an update, and I feel really awful. So here's a whole bunch of stuff, and there were just dozens and dozens of pictures of all of these prototypes, and you know, here here's you know the the moulds and you know, in the factory in China and this, and then we're up to here, and you can see what I've done here. And then you know, it was this enormous update, but the the guy felt really bad because he'd been so busy yeah. working on stuff, he'd just forgotten to update everybody. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot more good actors out there than bad, and even yeah. some of the the bad, like the one that I backed that never delivered. You know, the, I think there were a couple of unfortunate, you know, things that happened, and some of the stuff that was in that did actually get delivered, just not the one that I chose. Um, but you know, it, then at some point, um, you know, they've got to know, yeah, this is never happening, and then. Yeah, they just disappeared. Boo. Yep. Anyway, so that's the Kickstarter story. There you go. Very good. And that's our show. It is. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us this episode. We're going to say goodbye now, and we're going to catch you next week. Goodbye now. Good journey. <laughs> good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Max Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. We're probably going to take a break, and we might come back and even talk about a few things. I pushed the X button when you said loot. (laughs) (laughs) What does does that mean? You can actually shoot people in Red Dead Redemption, and then you you can fleece their corpse. And take you know ammo and a gold watch and stuff like that. Oh. So when you move over the corpse, it says loot, and you can actually yeah take their stuff. That's amazing. So teaching the next generation all of the uh, traits uh, we need to be a good functioning human being. How to loot corpses? Yeah.